0: Welcome to another episode of To Be Perfectly Honest. I'm Corey. I'm Anel. And we are doing our first episode of Game of Thrones. So, Anel, I thought for our first episode, what we should do is just have a talk about, you know, A, how did we get into Game of Thrones? What do we like about the series? And then B, what we think of everything up until this point, specifically season six. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. So how about you, Anel? How did you get into Game of Thrones?
1: Well, um... Actually, I won a contest long before I knew even what Game of Thrones was, and um, I was more excited to go to Hollywood than to see the premiere, so Mm. I ended up going to Hollywood, taking my boyfriend, and we watched the first episode, um, the Paramount Theater, and uh, it was pretty... Pretty good first episode, I would say. I wasn't expecting I don't know what I was expecting. Um, I'm not typically a person who's into dragons and um like never watched Lord of the Rings, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was way out of my um familiarity zones, I guess you would say. And um all in the first episode I think we covered brothels, and there was a little person getting it on, and brother and sisters having sex that were twins, and um, let's see, possible child murder, so, I mean, had my, had my intrigue, <laughs> right from the beginning, mm. <laughs> but you know what, I still, honestly I can't say that I was still sold on it, because I was like, this is r- way too bizarre, mm-hmm. and when I got home from um, California, my boyfriend was like, Well, I mean we committed to that first episode, we gotta at least see what happens on the second one. And so I would say by like the second or third episode I was like Hooked. Hooked. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Corey?
0: Um <clears throat> well, so I I this is totally my repertoire. Like I love dragons, I love Lord of the Rings, I love Sci Fi and Fantasy um i am not a huge book reader i know that doesn't seem like me but um (laughs) you're like oh yeah lord of the rings i love the movies let me read the book and you're like oh my god this is so (laughs) long and so that's what really drew me into this series is the sci-fi fantasy part of it but like it's never boring it's always got you hooked. You don't feel like you're just going on and on. There's a couple episodes, you know, in the middle where you're like, okay, come on, get your revenge. You need to kill some people. Why aren't you doing it yet, are you? But other than that, like, I loved it. Um, I took a break in the middle because I was doing college. And so I did what I always do with series shows. You were doing college. Oh, doing college. Um, where I like, I'm like, oh, well, I hate having to wait. <laughs> So I'm like, I'll just wait for a long, long time, and then I can binge-watch. Um, How'd that go for you? Horrible. Everyone <laughs> was spoiling everything, so um, in order to get caught up, I binge-watched everything. And this is my problem, too, is like, I can't start where I left off. I have to rewatch everything. I did that like three or four times, so...
1: No bueno. I
0: feel like my life right now is Game of Thrones, <laughs> so why not do a podcast about
1: he, it? He's holding a sword, folks. <laughs> um it's Dragon
0: Glass. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I really, <clears throat> you know, the other thing is I really love HBO shows. Um, and so this is definitely like the piece, the resistance of HBO right now.
1: HBO is a good. Um... They are good. Yes. Plug us. Yes. <laughs> um,
0: <clears throat> yeah, I, I will just say like, I work in a field, as do you, where we work with cable providers, and this is the only show I watch. Not the only show I watch, but you know what I mean? It, I only watch shows where we call them premiums, HBO, Showtime.
1: HBO has quality productions. It's,
0: I hate, I cannot watch network television where they're like, And she wound up dead! Oh, and he was having sex with her. Oh. Well, okay, that happens here too, but it's like, you know, not like... <laughs> and they're in New York! Like... I just get so sick of that. This is such an epic masterpiece. You, like, the threads from the very beginning you see ending up here, I love it.
1: Showtime's moving on up, too.
0: Moving on up. I do think that premium television is where it's going. Um, you see all of these individual apps, like I was talking to you about the other day. I don't watch anything besides on my Apple TV anymore. My cable box is just dusty in the corner
1: to kind of uh compliment what you were saying about oh thank you but you why you prefer game of thrones over some other shows um and how great of a company hbo is at production each episode is like an individual movie i mean Mm they these places that they go look absolutely breathtaking and the um sets that they use aren't, you know, let's pop up some cardboard and call it a castle. Mm-hmm. I mean, they find these actual places and then um, build the sets around them. And um, to me, a person who doesn't really get into the magic, I mean, obviously now, I'm like, I have <clears throat> have my own dragons, yeah. you know, but um, for me, I think it was more of a the political drama on... Mm -hmm. who's doing what and stabbing who in the back. And, you know, I'm a person who I like to watch shows that are true life, like, uh, TV crime. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, even though it's like make believe the, um, ideas behind it, greed, love, lust, that's what fascinated me and drew me into the story. I'm a person who like, Read forty eight laws of power and has it on audiobook. Okay. <laughs> so that to me is like the interesting part of it.
0: I feel like what you were saying with like the set design and like how far they go into costuming details and how alive the world is from like the it's so real because there's such a you know depth of knowledge that it really gives us authenticity. So you feel I have people that when I talk about Game of Thrones that don't really know a whole lot of it. They've just seen it a couple times. They're like. Yeah, I just don't understand what period of time it's set in. And it's it's like, set in magic. It's set in the magic times. Yes, But long, long ago's. Um, so I, I do love it. And um, if anyone is familiar with like um, Lord of the Rings, the reason that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote that is because he felt like the people that lived in the area of Great Britain they had no oral, they had oral ancestry like tales, but they didn't have anything written down. So they needed their own mythos, like the Greeks and the Romans did. And so he invented this entire universe. And I feel like Game of Thrones is my mythos. You know, this is what I want to believe the world was like.
1: Oh, yeah. And the amount of uh, lore and backstory. I mean, they can have uh, spinoffs from this for years to come. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that they do, honestly. Yeah. My boyfriend was like, I know. If you start knowing more about this than the Bible, you got problems. <laughs> but, I mean, us, you know, they have, you know, this person begot this person, begot this person. And I mean... I, I forgot you're dating the High Scepter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it, it, I I feel like I've spent way too much time, you know, looking in the backstories of these, person, mm-hmm. th- these people and... Um, the Targaryen houses and the Starks and the Andals and the First Men and I mean it it everything intertwines together. It's like you got to give uh, George R R Martin his props for I mean putting together a story that's this huge and all encompassing.
0: Well, I mean, I no wonder it...
1: it's taken him this many years to get as far as he has.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the other thing, too, is, like, it works on so many different levels for so many different people. You're like, you, when you first started, you probably, you know, like you were saying, you probably didn't give a whole lot of shits about all of this stuff. But I didn't. <laughs> you, like, on the surface level, you can appreciate the story, and it's an interesting thing to watch. And then you dig a little deeper, and you see that there's, like, a little bit more myth- mythos to it. And then it's, like, we have friends that have gone off the deep end, where they're, like, conspiracy theory Game of Thrones. Like... Maybe you. <laughs> but we know people that are worse than you. Um, so I think that it's just kind of all different people, all different types can love this
1: show. I agree. I've seen, you know, old, little old ladies, sweet old ladies from church that are like, oh, I gotta get home and got, gotta watch Game of Thrones. I've seen young people, old people, all sorts of demographics, and it just transcends everything. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, better opportunity would be us just talking about about just different care. Well, I don't even think this like season six, you know how long it's been since I watched season six over a year ago. So I think better spent opportunity would be talking about, um, the characters now and, uh, just like their character arc where they're at now and where we think they're going.
0: Okay. Do you want to do it by house?
1: Um, yeah, go for it.
0: Okay. So, um, out of house Stark. So we have Jon Snow, who's been probably the most prominent Stark as far his action and everything so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so he left the wall and came down and he conquered the fucking crazy flame man bullshit people. So they're dead zoes.
1: Yeah. The battle of the bastards. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, more importantly, when we leave this, uh, season six, um, He's reunited with Sansa. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was kind of an important thing, I think, that happened. I mean, it was nice after seeing the Starks lose time after time Mm -hmm. after time. There's, like, this meme that always cracked me up about... uh, It was, like, Starks, time. And it was, like, (laughs) the number dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to see them finally win and Sansa see someone that... um, you know, she has been separated from her family this whole time. And mm-hmm. I mean, technically, so is John, but John had no idea what was going on. Um,
0: or did, but was powerless to do anything about it until then.
1: Yeah. Well, I think he was focused, uh, especially after Hartholm, on uh, other things. And um, what else do you want to say about the Starks going into this season?
0: Um, well, Arya.
1: Oh, Arya. Yeah, Arya is clapping back. She is uh, like a ninja assassin. She's trained by the Faceless man and she's on a mission to get revenge. Um, it's been interesting to watch her character arc over the seasons. I mean, she was this rambunctious little girl. She gets kidnapped. she It's amazing to me that she's still alive. I mean, people have died for a lot less, and she's mm-hmm. been through just about everything. that oh, she, The same thing happened do. to
0: her that happened to Jon Snow, and Jon Snow died. Came back from the dead, but she got stabbed in the stomach just as many times.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, right. I forgot she had the iron stomach. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's crazy. She's I guess she G- didn't get
0: stabbed in the heart, that's why she didn't die. But still, you know, if I got stabbed in the stomach?
1: I mean, then she done-zo. jumped in the funky water. Gross.
0: Help me. <laughs> eh, Gross.
1: So gross. So anyway, I guess it's a miracle that she's alive. But more importantly, um, I think we may see from her uh, some more character progression, hopefully um, for good and not evil. I hope she doesn't turn into this character that um, starts killing for pleasure. I mean, mm-hmm. she's already killing for revenge. But I mean, ultimately, if you put herself or you put yourself in her same shoes, you can kind of understand. After mm-hmm. she's been put through what she's been put through. You yeah, know, for sure. Where her motivations lie.
0: I think in um, season six, what I really noticed with her is kind of what we were just saying about. Um, so, Jon Snow and Sansa, like, they had to deal with their family dying, but they were so distracted because Sansa was worried for her own life. A. B. She's, like, married to someone every five seconds. And then Jon Snow is worrying about, like, literally the coming apocalypse, where we have, um, you know, Arya never really had to do with that and she's so young and she's such a tomboy that i don't think she likes to play with her emotions at all or even like have a sit down and be like whoa everyone's dead the only way she knew how to channel that was anger and so she i mean she literally repeated the names of the people that she wanted to die before she went to sleep every single night exactly like me <laughs> um but you know, when she goes over there, I think that was something for her to delve into and to forget. And all she wanted to do was lose all that because when you lose your identity, you're losing all this pain and all this hate. But I think she realized like, no, the reason she had that is because she had a mission that she needs to do. And I'm so glad that she's picking it back up and she's not going to be going and assassinating actresses and bullshit like that. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: much better. So, um, I can't wait to see what happens with her.
1: I think though that, uh, her, um, uh running into or meeting up with that um, group of actors and actresses allowed her to kind of catch back up on what's been going on with everyone else as she has been going through what she's been going through because she wouldn't have known about um, Sansa and um, Prince Joffrey. She wouldn't have known about uh, all the things that were talked about in those plays. And for her, Mm -hmm. that's her only um, kind of That's the only information she's been given about the politics of what's going on. So, um, you know, some of it was true, but then some of it was like played up.
0: melodramatic.
1: Yeah. So Um, it'd be interesting to kind of really know what was going through her mind as she was watching that play take place i mean you kind of saw her facial reaction but as she's had time to process it does she really believe that all of that was verbatim what happened
0: no is she of course not because there's parts of it in the game that she was present therefore that she knows is not the truth her dad yeah um but yeah i i think it's very interesting that she naturally has sympathy with the actress who plays Cersei. Um, okay, so that's House Stark. So then let's do an update on my other favorite house, the Targaryens.
1: Okay. Why are they, why, uh, why do you love the Targaryens so much?
0: Well, I love dragons, so anyone with dragons should take over the world. Um, I don't know, I just, I do love them a lot.
1: So let's talk uh, more about the Targaryens.
0: Okay, so where where are they at now? So Danny in season six, she you know conquered over Slavers Bay. Slavers Bay kind of conquered back. Um, she got on a, her dragon. Drogon. Drogon. <laughs> dragon.
1: Drogon the dragon. Uh, we've been drinking. Drogon, <laughs> Drogon. <laughs>
0: Um, so she gets on him, um, they take off, they end up somewhere in the Dothraki Sea, um, the Horde comes, she basically throws her watering on the ground, and they get taken back. Um, they take her back to the Kalsar. Anyways, they go back to Vest Dothraki, and they have basically all of the old calls, um or all the current calls. sit around and they have a, their hut, and then they so have like all of the old Kals- uh,
1: the Kalsar. The Khalasar would be like the group of... The Horde. ...Khaleesi and... Ka- Kals. Right? Kalsar? No, I
0: thought that Kalsar was the group with the... Like, when they're going out, her horde. I thought that was the Kalsar. Like, the, the, her court, kind of. I
1: need to know now.
0: She um, gets picked up by the horde of the Kalsar, and um, she comes back, and they basically treat her like shit. She's not really saying who she is. They just think she's some albino bitch. And then um, they get back into uh Vastothrak. And she talks to the call and says, hey, don't try to fuck me. I used to be, um, you know, the Khaleesi. And they go, oh, don't worry. You won't be now that you've said that, but you can never leave. You have to go in. What is that building called? Where all of the old Khaleesi's go?
1: Um, retired bitches.
0: Retired bitches home, yeah. (laughs) Um, so she goes back there, um... They're like, okay, well, we're not sure if you can come because you didn't come back right away. So either that or we're going to sell you off as a sex slave or something. She goes, okay, well, I need to have my meeting. Um, yeah, so um, we have Dario and we have Jora, And they sneak in, basically try to get her. And she's like, no, it, what? No, leave me. We'll never make it. I have an idea. So she confronts all of the calls, and she basically goes, give me what I want. They say, fuck you, bitch. We're going to rape you. And she burns down their hut with them alive in it and she comes out so it's like a second coming of the birth of the dragons so then all the dothraki people bow to her she goes back um she gets on drogon and flies back into the city that they were at which is marine um at that point we have well that gets into other house for, for a second but basically she comes back takes over and she decides that she is going to be going across the sea to Westeros. So how is she doing that? Um, that brings us to kind of another family. Um, not one of the main ones, but we do have... Uh, we have Asha and Theon, who are the Greyjoys. So they have basically said, fuck you, to... Is it Euron.
1: Yeah. They... Um...
0: They denounce him as being a legitimate king. They stole the ships and left, and they sailed off to uh, Marine to... Help out, Danny, and well, they pledge took, allegiance.
1: One important thing too is they took the twenty fastest ship, mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, seemed like more than that. So a majority of the ships didn't come from them.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, they had they had some ships already.
0: Mm-hmm. I just thought there was way more than twenty ships. Seems like they contributed nothing. <laughs> so, well, if you think about
1: um, the Greyjoys being masters of the sea. And taking the 20 fastest ships and also some of the best uh, sea captains too I would assume. Mm-hmm.
0: So they have pledged their allegiance to Danny and they basically everyone is sailing across. There's only one more person kind of in her court that we haven't mentioned, but they're in another family, so I guess we'll bring them up now. So we have Tyrion. So Tyrion has defected from his house after he killed his father and his um, past lover. He comes over with um, the spider. And he... Varys. Varys. And they um, kind of advise, well, you know, um, Daenerys has been gone doing her bullshit in the Dothraki Sea. And once she comes back and conquers it all, she basically goes, you know what? I trust you. Let's go take over Westeros. So... They are all sailing across. So then that leaves House Lannister. So season six was uh, pretty crazy.
1: A little bit of a doozy.
0: Yeah. Um, so we have basically Cersei as now the Queen Regent.
1: And then Tommen.
0: Well, Tommen's deads.
1: Yeah. Took a dive.
0: Um, every... Everyone is dead. <laughs> Everyone is dead. Um, essentially, what happened was we had, you know, seriously trying to get out of her father's kind of command to marry into House Tyrell and to get her son from the grasp of House Tyrell as well. She befriended the High Septon and kind of formed this alliance with the religion. And we all know from past history, you know, in Europe and France, what happens when, um, you know royalty and the church come together it's never good. Um, it can be very bad for a lot of people. So um, it actually turned on her. So she the only way she saw out was to basically kill everybody. So she locks everyone and she doesn't lock everyone but she puts up a bunch of dragon fire under the high scepter and blows it Wild, up.
1: Wildfire. Wildfire. What did I say? Dragon fire. Dragon glass. <laughs> she stabs everyone with dragon glass. <laughs>
0: I wish that would be so badass. <laughs> um, so yeah, everyone basically dies there. Um, Toman, after seeing that his love and his queen is dead, jumps from a window. So now all of Cersei's family, er, or three um, offspring, are dead.
1: Fulfilling the prophecy. Fulfilling
0: the witch's prophecy. So the only one that she really has to hang on to now is her brother. So um, And, and he, Jamie
1: um, hasn't been there a while. He's been...
0: He just came back, though, mm-hmm. right? End of yeah. that. After he um, helped secure the twins,
1: well, I think it's interesting um, that Jamie, in the process of doing what he needed to do for his house, runs back into Brienne, and they have a conversation, basically that, "Hey, um, we're on two ends of the spectrum, and if it comes down to it, you know, I, gonna, yeah, yeah." So that, to me, was like bittersweet you know what I mean like I've seen Jamie change from season one the first episode where I was like oh child murder and And, sister fucker Yeah. yeah and come full circle and that's one thing that this show does that uh really impresses me to make me go from hating someone to actually, I think Jamie is probably my favorite character right now.
0: I feel for him, like, you know, and I see his growth to his character a lot like Arya, how she's just like, you know, we she's not mature enough yet to deal with all of this. Like, it's like you put someone in Arya's situation in like the middle of a war zone, they can't process it. So they're going to just do what they can to get through it. I feel like that's the same thing with Jamie. Like, Jamie didn't give a fuck about anything. He was basically a super rich kid that got paid to fucking joust and be in the Guard. And the only thing that really he ever did was stab a couple people in the back and fight a little bit in a war. Well, a king. A king. But an old decrepit king, right? Um, that's crazy, and everyone wanted dead anyways.
1: Jamie has his own system of morality, <sighs> and he uses that... On a scale that only Jamie knows. But I feel like as his character develops, his uh, morality scale is changing.
0: Well, that's what I was trying to say is, you know, at first we have him like Arya where he's kind of going around. He's like, kill people. I don't care as long as it serves me. And then we get to the point where it's like he took responsibility for his child. She died right in front of him. He basically started to realize, oh, like my sister is now going kind of insane and did something so horrible that my son killed himself because of it. Like, ugh. And then you have to re- remember, too, like, they keep on saying... Does he
1: know about Tommen, though, at the end of season six? Yes. Because, who told him, though? Cause I... He just knew. Well, because he just walked six... in, and she was being, she had her Michael Jackson uniform on, and he was like, he knew that she blew up the, what is it called?
0: The High Scepter.
1: Yeah. He knew that she blew up the that and um, that. Why is she the I'm queen? Saying.
0: Yeah, like and sorry. she and they would have been like. He I jumped. had to
1: think about this because I wasn't prepared for the yeah. season six review. thing, story. sorry,
0: um, but my point with that is so it's like we have him going from basically fucking his sister and killing right, mm-hmm. like then to becoming a little bit more mature and taking up like the family business getting tortured and captured for over a year, finding like companionship with Brienne, coming back, basically going, I'm going to do this for my family, the people I care about. I want to be invested in that. Uh, taking responsibility for his child when he's over in um, mm-hmm. Dorne, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Marcella, you know, he confesses, hey, I'm your father. And she's like, I know, I've always known. And then she dies right in front of him. Comes back buries her. He's basically, um, his other son is like, you know what? I've taken up with religion. Everything you guys have done is disgusting and you're going to leave. Uh, even though you try to save me, you're going to leave. He asked him. So he's like, fine, I'm going to do my duty. Comes back. Seriously, he's flipped that switch. Everyone's dead. Toman's killed himself. You know, what can you do? So I feel like he is starting to, not even through any choices of his own, but just like through the you know, series of events. It's like, he is probably the most sane Lanster out there right now besides um, Tyrion.
1: Yeah. Well, everything he's done, if you really take a good, hard look at it, has been for um, love of family and duty for mm-hmm. the family. You know, like he, his dad didn't want him to be part of the King's Guard because...
0: It's almost the exact opposite of Tyrion if you think about it because, like, you're right, like, you know, killing Bran, He saw him fucking Cersei. That would have been the end of it. It would have ruined everything. He says, literally, the
1: things I do for love.
0: Yeah. You know. So, we have that. Um, Everything else that he's done is trying to get back to his family. He let Tyrion go. Mm Mm-hmm. But then you look at Tyrion, and it's like, who has Tyrion fucking killed? His father. The fucking whore. He was totally about ready to fucking... Well, tell
1: me this. Do you... And this is a little spoilery, but we've never been scared of spoilers. But um, part of the um, prophecy in the books, I don't think that they covered it in the show, is that Cersei would be killed by um, the little brother. And what do you think about that? Do you think that there's anything to that? I mean, there's plenty of little brothers. There are both actually Cersei's brothers, both of them. Jaime and Tyrion are both younger Mm -hmm. than her. Even though Jamie's her twin, he came out after her. But then there's Bran is a little brother. The hound is a yeah. little brother. You know, there's I mean, a plenty lot of, of people.
0: Them. Um, I don't know where this is going enough yet to say that. I feel like this is the thing. Even early on, Jamie, right? The First thing we know about him, what is he? Upmost, which is everyone call him. Hot. Besides that. Kingslayer. Up, right? Okay, so he was the person, even though he had an oath to protect that king, he was the one that came up and killed him when he was screaming to murder everybody because he knew it was wrong. Okay, what has Cersei done now?
1: She's the same as the king. She's
0: done the same fucking thing. And that's what I was trying to get at is, you know, they talk about in the very beginning, oh, well, the Targaryens have been betting brother and sister for years and years and years. But then they also had the Mad King. And it's like, I guess that hasn't been happening for years. Well, I think it would be
1: perfect with Jamie's character arc that, uh, you know, for this whole time that we've known Jamie, he's been putting his family above all else, no matter what. Family, family, family. So a perfect end for his arc is for him to discover when, um, when to say when with his family. And I mean, I don't, I wanted to say... And if Cersei gets any more crazy, but I mean, at this point, what else could she do? Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I I see that happening. I don't know if it's gonna happen this season, but um, I see Cersei dying by Jamie's hand.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably more apt. I mean, as I think the thing too is like we saw how it affected um, Tyrion. To kill his father and his lover. Like, and he literally had a trip in a box to fucking drink about his sorrows. And I think, with confronted with the chance, he's... I mean, when you look at it too, like, her whole spiral into madness. With her... With her... With everything. I mean, do you think any of this would happen if her father hadn't died?
1: No. Because Tywin had his shit together. Shit together.
0: Like, and so, if you think about it... He had to with that fucking family. If if Tyrion wouldn't have fucking made that, you know, I hope all your happiness turns to ash in your mouth, like, and wouldn't have been such a fucking shit to her all the time. Which, she was a fucking shit to him. Not like he wasn't granted to do it, but you know what I mean? I think thinking about it, he has to feel partly responsible for all of this. Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, but... In the same token, so I feel like... So I don't like...
0: feel like... I think when he is confronted... Like, let's say they do storm, you know, the Iron Throne, and they capture Cersei, and they do all that. Do you really think it's going to be Tyrion, the one that's going to be like, and let's fucking kill her? Or do you think it's more apt that they're going to be storming the gates, and she's going to do some bullshit with, you know, um, Wildfire again and be like, eh, burn down the entire fucking city, and Jamie's going to have to...
1: Do I think Jamie's going to have to... Kill Cersei?
0: I just feel like that's more...
1: Well, yeah, I just said that I think Jamie's going to have, have to kill Cersei.
0: I do, too. <laughs> well, you were just saying the little brother, you know what I mean? So, uh-huh. And you said it could either be Jamie or it could be her. I feel like that is the character art, you know? And I think it's fitting, too. You look at... we, So we have the Targaryens who have basically crumbled into just, you know, Daenerys now. Because her brother's dead. So she had to build herself up and be worthy of this house name. And look where it's gotten her. But it's like kind of the opposite of that. You look at this House Lannister, and where it was, and what it's crumbled down to. And it's like, it's almost like someone needs to go, this house is disgusting and it should be burned to the ground.
1: Well, um, there's a a little bit of buzz on whether people think that uh, Daenerys is actually a good queen. Because if you look at her track record, yeah, she's freed slaves, but Mm -hmm. she's left... No infrastructure, and who'd she yeah. leave in uh, marine? Dario? What does Dario know about politics? Nothing, you know. Okay, all your, all your I masters don't, are. I
0: feel like that entire thing was a means to the end, for real. Why, what do you think she cares about um, the Dothraki?
1: Do I think she cares about them?
0: Well, I mean, okay. But like, in one. what sense? So, like, like she... the Dothraki, they come from this way of life on these plains where they're raping and pillaging, and that's their way of life. So she's taking them. Obviously, what she did with slavery and all of that, that's not going to be allowed under her rule. So that way of culture is completely gone. Their infrastructure, like you were saying, completely gone. They're going to Westeros where it's not just open plains everywhere and you can kick back, it's already settled. So what's going to happen to those people? Is she just going to send them back on the boat after they're dead? No, like, there probably won't be any ships left. So this, like, with that one group of people, they're fucked.
1: Well, all you... the
0: cities when she's gone? Yeah, of course they're gonna be fucked. The only thing keeping those people in line were dragons.
1: So do you think she? You think she does not have a strategy? You think she just is trying to get the uh, Iron think, Throne and then just be I like, think that figure it she out. She doesn't
0: give a fuck about Astros. I think her whole goal was Westeros. Westeros. And Westeros, I think she will have a plan. This is the thing. Has anyone had a fucking plan besides fucking um, Tywin? Littlefinger. Well, besides the devil? Varys. Varys don't have no plan. John. John doesn't want to fucking rule. Like, this is the thing. You a know, plan for like...
1: what? What do you mean? You just said a
0: plan. Well, okay. Uh, not a plan, but like, who can rule? You know what I mean? Because there's a difference between being, like, a benevolent, like, oh, like, da-da-da-da-da, and a person who can be a a ruler. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the Starks don't want that. They want to be, have their way of life. They want to live in the North. They want to be that kind of free thing. They hate politics. They don't want to play that game. That's not for them. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so then we have Lannisters, who are fucking other end of the spectrum, where... They're so fucking conniving and evil and twisted that they're not good rulers. You, what, you have the Greyjoys that just want to be like, ah, and pillage, everything. They're not going to be good rulers. So yeah, out of the bunch, I think she's probably the best. She has the best intentions. Now, as far as what she wants to do with it, I mean, what do you think her plans for Westeros are?
1: Well, um...
0: We but- haven't seen her just want to kill everyone yet. So, do you think she's going to turn into
1: that? That's what I was asking you is that's kind of um a thing that some people are alluding to as might happen is that she'll be like her father and turn into a mad queen. And I mean, have we th- seen that yet though? well, we've seen we've seen her progressively um become more consumed and obsessed with um, Getting back the Iron Throne as a claim to her for her heritage that she deserves it. Um, But, like I was saying, in her. I don't know if you can say more obsessed, though.
0: I mean, she's been. The whole journey since she was sold to the Dothraki has been this. It's not like she was like playing Batman on the side and then decided to give it up so she could do this. Like, this has been her one focus this entire time. You know what I mean?
1: Um, well, I think she...
0: She just... The one thing she wanted is she didn't want to leave... She did not want to conquer the Slaver's Bay area and then leave and have everything go right back because that makes her look weak. You know, you want to have, oh, I conquered this entire area and coming back and that's still under my control. You don't want to have them say, yeah, well, she well, just comes and conquers the city and then it goes back to normal.
1: Okay, well, would she leave at marine? Let's just talk about that for a second. No infrastructure... Dario's in charge, and the Harpy, is that what they're called? The Harpy? Mm. They're still running amok. They burnt the last fleet of ships, and then she got some more, and she was like, peace out, handle this Dario. Oh, by the way, I don't love you. Is that so bad? Let's go.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, she did, so the Second Sons are still there, so there is, like, an occupying force. So uh, if there is an insurgence of the Harpies, then it should be good to go. They should be afraid of her enough to where... It won't be anything like it was. Do you... I mean, what what should have happened there?
1: I'm just it's I'm just a, making conversation. It, I'm here for the ride.
0: I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's probably gonna not be the fucking prettiest place. But it's like, what do you think the South was like after, you know, slavery was abolished? Like, shit goes on. Like, and it's not gonna be... Yeah, they probably won't be building pyramids. But is that such a bad thing? Like... I know. That area is obviously fertile. There's the Dothraki Plains forever. Mm-hmm. Like, what were they selling before? I mean, the slaves had to do something, right? So what were they making?
1: Well, and how has she been fe- feeding all of these people?
0: I just felt like the, they're like in the fertile crescent of this Ro- or Easterhouse area. You know what I mean? Like, it's just abundant with food.
1: Was it? Because I just saw sand and... Pyramids. Well, <laughs> to me, that, it was in like that Egypt, area,
0: but Dothraki. The Dothraki Sea is just a great plains, basically, right? So, I mean, that's enough grain, probably. I'm not know. sure. I know there isn't there wine that comes from that region too, or no, is that on Westeros only?
1: A Dothraki cannot live on wine alone.
0: Dude, I don't know. It's. I would think there's enough food there. It seems like it.
1: Well, just like uh, Jamie. um was concerned about when he was uh going to take back the twins is making sure that there were substantial yeah. supplies for his army. Yeah. You know, and really if she wants a good military leader, she should focus on maybe Tyrion'll have her um try to get Jamie to defect from Cersei. I, I mean, think... if Jamie has to pick, if if Jamie has to pick between two family members, God help him. I mean, Cersei's getting a little crazy, so I would always, prior to this season six, I would have always said Jamie would pick Cersei over anybody, but yeah. um, she's killed all their children. She's taken the Iron Throne. She's yeah, lost
0: mean, it. Up until the Septon, I would always say the same thing. But when you literally are like, I'm just going to murder everybody. And force my kid, my son to kill himself. Like, that's pretty fucking twisted. And she's been cold as fuck to Jamie, too.
1: So, let's talk a little bit uh, about something else. Because we could go on and on okay. about Jamie's fine ass. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit about the North. Uh, John Snow, the White Walkers, Bran, and that... Okay. So uh, where we left at the end of the season is um, Bran met Benjen. Benjen saved um, Bran from the White Walkers. And Mira is left with Bran. I guess she's trying, her goal is to get him back to the wall, get him back across the wall. Mm -hmm. So if she succeeds, one thing we know for sure, she's going to be buff as shit. She is going to be the new Hodor.
0: I don't know how she's not buffish it already. Well,
1: she has to be already. Yeah. She has to be. Um, but there's a big, big issue with what's going on on the uh, northern side of the wall. And that's we have the Whites are ready for war. Um, we saw what happened at Hartholm. And I feel like that could have been a lot worse. I feel like that was kind of a warning for whatever reason. I mean, it's pretty stern warning, but I mean, there's no reason that with what we saw happen that they couldn't have taken every single person out. And one thing that was crazy to me is, is it, does water affect them? Can they not cross water or did they just stop there as like a warning? Because if, if it's I don't water, think can swim. if it's water that can stop them, I think a big part to play in season seven are going to be these ships. If the whites can't if the white walkers can't cross water, there's something to do with water. That's gonna be a big deal. Ships are gonna be very, very important. Question. And we know Euron has like that huge fleet.
0: No, maybe this is just my Lord of the Rings talking, but um, so we've seen I know nothing about
1: Lord of the Rings. Well, you won't have to Cory Snow.
0: <laughs> Cory bastard. Um, okay, so we know that giants can be coming back from the dead. And we know that horses can. What about dragons?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question.
0: Because in Order of the Rings, we have... So the White Walkers or the Night King, what that always reminds me of, um, the most similar thing I've ever read in literature or seen in literature is the Nazgul, which is like kind of these undead kings. um, And they fly these wares, which are dragons. um, And they're all undead. And so, that's the first thing I thought of when we were just talking about, oh, you know, they can't swim. Can they fly?
1: God help us all if they can fly.
0: Like, that's pretty intense. Also, though, didn't they say something about, um, isn't the reason the wall is such a good barrier to them is because it's made of water and because there's ancient spells in it? Maybe I'm just eating the water.
1: No, it's just the magic. Okay. So... I don't know if, uh, dragons can contain magic that maybe repels, I don't, for all we know, dragons can become whites. I don't know, but, uh, that would be some scary shit. Dragon's scary enough by itself.
0: hmm Um. Well, and this is my other thing is, so how does this, so when winter comes, you know, when you see this fog roll over, and then that's when they kind of raise the dead, is that how...
1: Winter's here remember Sansa this and is my Jonathan? question
0: uh, what is the radius of raising the dead for these night kings you know what I mean do they have to be in the same city for them to raise or do they just all of a sudden raise up everywhere or what's the deal with it because if they make it down to um, King's Landing there's dragon skulls down there we've seen bodies of just bones come back to life
1: yeah we have
0: so I don't know interesting also. The crypt in Winterfell. Because what would you put in a crypt other than a body?
1: Not ashes.
0: Yeah, right? So.
1: Interesting. That's a good Anyways. Uh, that's a good point, Corey.
0: Those are the ones they have, unless I'm being stupid. And well, names. Um,
1: I know in New Orleans they have crypts too, but mm-hmm. um, what happens is the heat like incinerates them to ashes, yeah. and then as soon as that happens, they just put more people in that crypt. Oh, awesome. So... I mean, Winterfell is definitely a far cry from New Orleans,
0: but... Yeah, well, it's super cold down there and moist, so I'm feeling like maybe they're just like mummies.
1: Interesting. A mummy, Lyanna Stark. Could be interesting. And also, the the dogs. What dogs?
0: All the dogs. Like, half the dogs are dead.
1: Oh, the, um, I think... I direwolves. To... Yeah.
0: Yeah, all the direwolves are dead, too, so...
1: Not all of them.
0: Well, I mean, Alma 2.
1: quite... Quite a few that are no longer with us. Let's pour out a little liquor. Mm, one moment of silence. Um. Uh, so Bran is marked. Bran is now marked by the Night King on his arm, and we don't know what that's what that necessarily means, other than uh, maybe he now knows that he can track Bran. He knows where Bran's at.
0: I guess I'm confused as what is the purpose of this? The Three Eyed Raven. What is his job? His job is just, is it just kind of like the citadel where they are just to keep the memories of the The, world? The three
1: eyed Raven is, um, part of the, um, history with the, um, first men, children, like from way, way back. And so the three eyed Raven, everywhere that they have those werewood trees with the faces, the gods would, anytime he plugs in, he can see through every single one of them Mm -hmm. for all of time. So he, I guess, like the Citadel, is their their job is to have a detailed um, list of or keep a detailed mm-hmm. uh, track record of history and what's gone on. But um, I guess the three eyed Raven is that incarnate into a person, like everything mm-hmm. he knows. I sees guess all what is his,
0: what was the end goal? Because so the three eyed Raven before before he grew in through the tree. Was he trying to destroy the White Walkers? Was he there before the White Walkers appeared? What happened?
1: Um And why is he why didn't he do anything about it? I don't think we know enough. Remember I was telling you about the children of the forest, the who were there before the first men and yeah. then the first men came over? Here. Three eyed Raven was the last green seer. A human living among the last of the children of the forest beyond the wall. Um the green seers helped to convince the children of the forest and the first men to forge a pack, which led to thousands of years of peace. So, um something aren't
0: all the children of the forest dead?
1: I don't think they're all dead. I
0: mean that I thought the last remains one were the ones that were hanging out with him. Are they the last ones? I mean that forest is not in the north, and the only time we see the children of the forest is in the north and that one little fucking tree.
1: No, there's more than one tree they were all all the main concentration of trees were in the north and I think uh the one of the last werewoods on the warm side of the wall we'll call it was that one um, island with all of them well yeah there was an island too but the big one that um Sansa and yeah, um, um yeah but um, I think I don't think they're the last ones. So the other thing besides brand that I think is important to discuss is why are the White Walkers coming through and wrecking shop? Like, what is their motivation? I guess that's something that we really can't answer, but um, knowing a little bit more information about the first men. And the green seers and the children of the forest, is they had a pact that was formed ages ago, and the um, there's an ancient le- legend that this pact was formed to create peace, and maybe somehow um, with whatever's happening, um, that pact was not upheld or whatever terms I of mean, that pact.
0: Don't the children say that they created the White Walkers because they were cutting down the trees?
1: Is that what they said?
0: I mean, that's literally what they say when they put in a piece of dragon glass into the first one. They say they created it. I I feel like they're just. I mean, besides the the Night Kings, which there's like what six or seven of them, like. All of the other ones are just, like, kind of this natural force. Like, they don't have... They're like zombies. They have no... Oh, yeah. They're controlled by the Night King. Yeah. Kings. But it's like... I don't know. I think their whole purpose is just to destroy humanity.
1: So do you think those babies that they were stealing from Craster are turning into Night's Kings? And then, like, the Whites are just the dead being risen?
0: I don't know. You know, I would think there would be more night kings then. And it seemed like there was only like a, a group of like 7 to 10. Well, then what makes
1: these babies special? I don't know. It's isn't it weird that we're in season 7 and we still have very limited information about Yeah. So I think that that being said, we're going to find out a lot more about um the, Night King, the Night's Kings, and uh, uh, the White Walkers.
0: I think we're going to see uh, the conclusion of this power struggle for the Game of Thrones. We already know that the crown is completely broke. We already know that there's not a lot of allies. And we already know that there's a lot of distrust in the capital from the common people. It seems like last episode we did a lot of legwork on kicking out some of the superfluous houses, Um, And at the beginning of this one, um, it seems like we're staged kind of to condense and consolidate some of the houses together. Um, So I really can't wait to see what that's like. But um, yeah, not much we can do until we see the beginning of season seven. With season six being such a great season, we can't wait to see what season seven is going to be like. And with that, we're going to conclude this introduction episode. Um, if you guys do like what you hear, make sure that you subscribe on iTunes. That way you can get the episode as soon as it drops. We also do a couple other podcasts. If you want to check them out, you can go to our website at tobeperfectlyhonestpodcast.com. Leave us some feedback. And if you give us your name, we might even give you a shout out on the show. Okay, that's it for this week. As always, be perfectly honest and we'll see you next time.